and welcome to the Two Devs and a Dude podcast presented by Wraith Games. Uh, today we have a very special episode. We're doing Doki Doki Literature Club, and this is a completely spoilerific uh, conversation about it, as well as being our very first explicit episode, because there's no way we're talking about this fucking game without saying some fucking fucking. <laughs> so... On top of it being a very special episode, we also have two additional people joining us. Um, but let's go down the the normal list of hosts first. I am Jay Kidd, lead designer of Wraith Games. I am Cajun, a developer of Rocketbox and host of the AW podcast. And I am Grant McClure, founder of Game Over Game On, also Twitch streamer and and the dude of this fine and lovely establishment. And joining us are nobody. <laughs> Literally nobody. A box of silence. Okay. No, um, oh, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my name is Steve Dorgan. I also work at Wraith with Jay. I'm an art director and uh, the brand manager. Hi, I'm Glenn. I do a lot of the sound for collapses, including the sound effects and music. And I don't know how to finish this, so I'm just going to end it with the phrase dog in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh. the saddest mental image I've ever had. <laughs> Dogs and wheelchairs really are cute. adorable, though. Like, that's the thing. It seems sad, and then you see one, they're still happy and mobile, and you're like, Aw. oh. This reminds me of Babe, Pig in the City. <laughs> Steve. I don't know why, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Steve, you remind me of the Babe. <laughs> what Babe? The Babe with power? What power? What power? <laughs> <laughs> what are uh, you guys talking about? Labyrinth. <laughs> the movie Labyrinth? With David Bowie? Okay. Yeah, this is going to be a train wreck, just so those <laughs> listeners out there are going to know. And I it's helped. going to be the most glorious of train wrecks. Yeah, it's cool. It's a, what garbage truck on fire, as, my, as a big fan of kind of funny that I am. Hot mess. Yeah. Or what I used to sta- uh, stated in GoGo, we're like a, we're, um, we're just a spaceship. Space shuttle trying to get off the tarmac, and we just keep blowing up before we ever launch. Sounds like me. Anytime I've ever tried to make a plane in one of those games where you design planes that you fly. <laughs> Kerbal, <laughs> what the one one game, the Kerbal Space Program or whatever that game. There's one. I think so. Yeah, there's I only think one. That was it. Okay, so I don't know where uh, Jay is or anything. So basically, what we're going to talk about Doki Doki Literature Club in this episode. For those who don't know, if you have not played Doki Doki Literature Club, you can turn it off, download it on Steam for free, then come back and listen to it. Or if you'd really or not, I yeah. mean, like, we're not your mom. Yeah, if you don't care, you can just do it. That's fine. Listen to us ramble for the next 45 minutes to an hour. 17 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will basically the game will be dead and you can run it on a toaster by that time. No. I can't wait for the new 4K toasters to come out. Yeah. Um, I love, oh my God, it'll get me on a tangent. That awesome ass Samsung that takes a picture of the inside of your fridge and tells you what's in it is super cool. But who, I mean, unless I had money just to throw away, I'm not paying five grand for a refrigerator. Was that a, was that a fridge pun grant? No, no. It's super cool. No, it is. It's super cool. No, it's awesome. If you've seen it, it's a fridge. It has a big giant TV screen on it, and it takes a picture of your fridge, the inside of it, and it shows you. What's yeah, I have. I have seen it. Yeah, it's it's super awesome. It's dope. It's cool looking. It's cool, but it's super expensive. Yeah, like like meet me halfway. I don't want a digital tablet on the outside of my fridge. I just want a window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
does it have to? I, I don't know. It's just the price. I'm like, if I had like five grand, it'd just be like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm not paying. Took a GoPro. You know, I think we, I think we should get back to what the audience <laughs> really wants to hear about. Oh okay, yeah, uh, sixteen-year-old girls hanging from the rafters. Oh, oh, oh we're going there already. Okay. <laughs> so you... all I hear is girls from the rafters. What did I miss? Lots. <laughs> So, Grant, why don't you uh, fill in our audience as to what Doki Doki Literature Club is all about. Okay, so the plot is you're just this normal, everyday guy. If you're a big fan of uh, Jean Lejean, you're just a regular, everyday, normal motherfucker. You know, that that song? No? Okay. Um, so, no. Um, <laughs> you got it, Cowboy Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, basically, you're just regular... Every normal day guy, very similar to how I was in high school. I just wanted to play video games and read manga and masturbate furiously. Uh, so that's just actually ever since I turned fourteen. But you know, whatever, or, or discovered <laughs> porn or the internet or everybody this, does it or or magazines or um, toasters or just <laughs> being aroused by inanimate objects. It's cool. It's cool. You know, you're. <laughs> I was trying to find a way to butt in and say, we get it, you like your dick, but I couldn't find a clever way to do it in time. Yeah, I was trying to make it figure out a transition, but it didn't happen. So, yeah, you're just a, um, you just like manga, you like play video games, and your best friend, who's like this happy-go-lucky, yay, love everything, sunshine and rainbows chick, uh, is your neighbor. And she's like, hey, you should join a club, you should do something after school instead of just being a... A weird weeb. So, basically, I believe the term is hikigamori, or neat, or neat. Yeah, I don't know. They are the same thing. I like the term weeaboo because it sounds funny. (laughs) No, actually, but can you be a weeaboo if you're Japanese? That's the important question. You can't. When when can you not be? Um. Well, the I think the term for a weeaboo is someone who denounces their cultural culture. And says that they're Japanese, like they're. You're right. Yeah, I'm going to denounce my Japanese heritage and claim to be more Japanese. <laughs> I think y'all are reaching way too deep into this. I really Hold think it's just your average slacking high school. Can we make a note to make that some sort of anime? <laughs> I'd I'd probably watch it. I do watch some shitty anime. That's like Pop Team Epic to a next level. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's the plot. Basically, you, uh, your, your best friend's like, hey, you should join, do something after school instead of just sitting at home playing video games and reading manga. So you sh- she kind of talks you into joining your club, the, following her to her club to check it out to just get a free cupcake. So you meet these four be- is, beautiful just for the audience, yeah. real quick. Is that some sort of euphemism for something? No, no, it's an actual cupcake. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. Just just for the just for the audience's sake. That was my most disappointing thing about the game is I didn't actually get cupcakes like in real life. Man, cupcakes are delicious. I dig that. Yeah. Well, they. Uh, I don't think they, they. They don't have the technology yet to be like, hey, there's cupcakes in this game. Boom, here you go. Here, have a fucking cupcake. You're gonna love it. I mean, like 3D printers. <laughs> give them five years, and you can just like print yourself a cupcake. It'll be fine. Yeah, you make pizza now, but I bet those the pizza tastes garbage. But you know, whatever. Okay, so I would not. Yeah, I was gonna say I would not trust one of those. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Don't trust a three. Can't be worse than Lunchables. It looks yeah, like a, it looks like a Lunchable. Surprised. <laughs> okay, so back on track. Uh, so basically, you're 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 basically forced into this club because they need a fifth member, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They need a, a another member so they can do their the fall festival. So you're this um dude in a classroom of pretty anime ladies, and uh, that's kind of the basic plot. 
and yeah, nothing man. else happens. No, I mean crazy shit nothing happens. Goes. But I was I was just gonna put a basic plot, and then everyone's gonna fill in the blanks. So basically, you play the rest of the game like having this internal mon- uh, having this ability to listen to your internal monologue, going like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm in this club with all these hot girls." And it's your like it's not out not outright said, but your goal is to like end up with one of them. Yeah. Yeah, mainly it's just like, hey, we're going to be best friends. But really, you want some pee in the G. Also, never pee in the V G. That's how UTIs happen. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> but not... <laughs> not... No, that cough was actually all coincidental, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're not actually P as in the letter P for penis in <clears throat> the... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are earning this explicit tag. Yeah, they got to be frozen peas or what? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. What's the, the terrible joke? Please, do not put peas in the pea. Do not put peas in the pea. Yeah, ancient mama snow peas. Peas, you'll eat them up so fast, you'll have her peas all over your face. You know, that terrible joke. Good God, that escalated quick. <laughs> of course it did. Like most men. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so oh. on the surface, it appears to be just your normal, every average, just visual novel. Yeah, it looks like a cutesy slice of life visual novel that ends up with some sort of romantic choice of or romantic interest choice. Uh, Each one of them has their own storyline. Each one of them can slightly intertwine and sometimes, depending on a choice, it can go one way or the other. Uh, Each one of them has its own... Its own what? Oh, God, I was trying to think of the right way of putting it. Uh, Basically, every one of them has their own timeline, if you will. And at one point, they all just converge, coincidentally, around the time of the festival. The only one you can't, apparently, is the club leader who remembers you from, like, before or middle school or something, and you're like, oh, she's the best, and blah, blah, blah. So no matter what, you can't pick her, but the other three options are still there. I guess because it's established that she's, like, way out of your league. Meh, I suppose. I mean, she would be way out of my league. But you know, I don't know. I, I picked the the purple haired uh, bucks, uh, um, big bosom purple haired girl uh, Yuri because a fan of big bosoms and purple hair. Simple as that. It just I I really like this game. I picked this game because it was hot at the time when we we started planning this this podcast. So I picked this game not really knowing. I knew that things got weird. Things got really really odd and 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 interesting. Yep. In fact, it's around Back. the time of, of the festival where you start to see the real intention of the game, which is not to be a slice of life dating sim, but a psychological horror. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you're, see like go Jay. No, you go. No. Go Jay. Go Jay. Fine. I'll go yeah anyway <laughs> uh, um <laughs> come on, somebody go so oh no oh no god i think yuri uh because <clears throat> i already knew uh your main best friend character uh sayori uh, I looked up some spoilers and just come across them online i knew she committed suicide and i, I just kind of went against the trope of you know going with the girl next door best friend and frankly, Yuri was like into teas and was like, I always have tea going. So I was like, hey, why not? Wait, she does what? Yuri likes tea and reads books. No, Sayori does what? Yuri. He said Yuri likes tea. No, the, uh, the uh, he said uh, Sayori. She does what? what? She does what? Commit suicide. What? When? You didn't so get that? Basically, so basically, at the first point of your love interest finally coming to a... Uh, head Sayori comes by and she being your BFF kind of looks a little worn out and this was after a conversation you had with her about how she's always dealt with major depression 
and no matter what, it's always just been there, and it just keeps getting worse and worse these days. Uh, so she finally comes out to you, not really sure of her own emotions, but either really into you or really just needing attention. Not in like a, oh, pay attention to me, I deserve it, but kind of a, I don't know what to do with myself and help please someone kind of way. And uh, you have the option to try to romance her or to just be like, you are my BFF forever and five ever. And no matter which one of those you choose gives you a different option. The first one being, you know, oh, don't worry, I actually am interested in you, makes her seem happy, and she's like, I'm so confused, I feel I should be feeling so happy, but why do I feel nothing inside? And the other part is her literally maniacally breaking down in front of you, running off, cry laughing. Uh, either one of them results in a slightly different poem being left there uh the next day in the meeting for their literature club so you rush back to find her hanging from her ceiling yep. and you're immediately in some sort of guilt trip and you're panicked about it and all of a sudden it's oh my god there's no reset on that and that's where you notice the game not only doesn't allow you to save it doesn't allow you to go back yeah and it that... also deletes all of your save files what I didn't yeah, notice that. It raises an oh yeah. Are we did are we did, did we play the right game? Did are we playing the same game? Because that and, never happened. Well, you sure you've played Doki Doki Literature Club? Because I've seen that is, and experienced it on four different games. Our uh, four is different. There, there no. No. Yeah. See, no, I no, actually like, no, opened my files and that like I watched them get deleted. They were gone, man. Yeah. And see, this is this is something too. So like Glenn was the one who told me that I should play this in the first place. And I'd seen it pop up, you know, like a couple days before or whatever. And I'm like, man, whenever I like to unwind, I like to play dating sims and visual novels and stuff. And after talking with Glenn for like only five minutes, immediately I'm like, oh, this is uh like he didn't spoil it or anything. But I'm like, oh, I can I'm not I'm not sure. You know, if this is the best for me. So I go on to Steam and I'm like, oh, and then I hear that. I hear about the hanging. And the thing is that when I'm when I'm unwinding, um, it is it is literally as a way to fight depression because um, it's something I've been experiencing my entire life. And so one of the reasons I was so apprehensive to even pick up the game in the first place is I'm like, I don't know if this is the best game for me to be playing when I'm super duper depressed. So it's a little weird because it was literally the hanging where I that was the red flag for me and I'm like, oh shit. So that's really surprising that you didn't encounter that. No, it should be noted from what I understand there because of the way the game does handle random values um, as well as like scripted events, I believe the hanging is avoidable, but it's super rare, which it is... is it is uh, not avoidable. It's, it's literally when you find out later and you look at it, uh, it's entirely part of the story where she dies, therefore getting erased from the game. And to actually segue into the rest of what I was getting at, Act 2 essentially is you playing without Sayori ever in the picture, but it starts to become a lot more jumbled. It becomes a lot more, there's spaghetti code and random arbitrary symbols that don't make sense and yeah. glitches that appear and other things like occasionally someone's face might have this weird thing where it blotches out the eyes to be all dark 
or it gives them realistic human-esque eyes in a slightly oh, yeah. animated fashion that makes it all extra creepy. Um, at um, one, at or the head point, goes 90 degrees to the right. Yeah, or, I was about, to, I was say, about yeah. to say, yeah. At or one point, um, neck snaps to where they're 90 degrees, and then they just jump scare start going towards the screen. Uh, all right, and then Suki's right. eyes at one point literally just, like, she paused, like, no di- dialogue on the screen, and, like, her eyes literally just exploded sideways. Yes, I mean, yes. I started laughing my butt off on that one, honestly. It's just kind of a little bit twisted side of my side of me there. But it was like it was just so random and like the pause was like, what the hell is gonna happen? And it was just like, what the hell? <laughs> so that's sure supposed to be random. Like, yes, a lot of those are in fact random. Part of the reason I know most of them is because I watched several playthroughs and then got obsessed. The thing about this is the way it works is that it gets you so immersed in what's going on because your slimy lizard brain goes. I noticed a deviation from a pattern that I remembered. I'm immediately going to figure out what is going on. And before you have a chance to react, something happens that causes the reactionary part of your, uh, for the lack of a better word, response system in your slimy lizard brain to go, oh no, bad surprise. Hey, Glenn, I'm actually kind of glad that you're in on this one. Um... I'm I'm really I, I can pick up on stuff sometimes I think but I'm hard bad at articulating what it is. Does some of the music just very subtly change in yep. Act Two? Yep. Like yes. it seemed just yes. slightly off. Yes, a lot of it starts to have things where it goes a little off tune. It goes a little uh, off rhythm. It changes in audio quality. It gets random noises added to the background. Um, it has random signal glitches just put in there. Um. Yeah, it'll slow up, will, speed down, like it's just... Yeah. Piano will randomly play. Oh, yeah, that's right. The tempo shifts constantly up and down and sometimes. Yeah, I'm I'm also glad that uh, that we we dragged you guys in on this too because uh, I had I have no clue what uh, what the random elements are and aren't. Uh, all I have is like random people on the internet talking, so it's, it's good to have someone who's actually like delved into like <laughs> the internals of it. Oh, it's, it's wild. There was a lot of effort in the details put into this. For instance, if you didn't notice, each character has its own specific instrument or set of instruments playing every time something they are saying or you are reading from them is happening, with the exception of Sayori's suicide note, which, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's when it when that 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 like I was I was enamored like I got sucked in like first the first time I ever played it and I played it for like two hours just sat in it and got to the festival part and then it goes yeah yeah the festival part and then Sayori's suicide and I was like well what 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 is going on and that's when I was like I got to step away because I have to go to bed because it's like seven thirty in the morning so I have to I have to go to work. Like, that is the worst time to leave. No, like, I, I, I had to though. I'm like, oh my god, I want to keep playing it, but I have to keep. I have. To, I have to go to bed. So I went to bed, and then the next night I picked it up again. Like as soon as I got off work, I was just like, I gotta f- see what the fuck's going on. Gotta gotta figure this out. So yeah, it does that part. It it, it pops up the code, uh, the C code, or yeah, the the C box, right? Whatever that's called. You know, the the coding box that pops up and it says, you know, delete character and all this other stuff. She goes. Oh yeah. And then it reboots, so and she's not on the yes. title screen. And no. Nope. And She's actually replaced with a bunch of different little scraps of the other character models on the title screen picture. Yeah, put together in the shape of Sayori. Yeah, and 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 then after, uh, so then you play through it again, and it's th- that's when things start getting weird. And I followed, I I tried to woo Yuri again the second playthrough, and that's oh. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, oh, it was boy. weird. So it gets it's 
I mean, it gets one where you're like, all right, I'll go help her make the tea. I'm like, all right, I know what happens this time. So you go and help her make the tea, and you hear screaming and screaming, and you're like, what in the hell's going on? So you go and walk. She runs around the corner, and she cuts herself. Like, so her arms are bleeding, and she doesn't, her eyes are all black, and it starts doing, like, weird, like, and the symbols are popping up in the text box. And it zooms in on her face, and then it just goes black, and then you're, and then it rewinds. Now, keep in mind, at that point, for reference, you find out, not the first time, but the second time, that Yuri, when excited, uh, in the form of some sort of arousal, will go and cut herself. Yeah. Uh, You find that out through, of course, Monica, who surprisingly seems to know a lot about this topic. So at first, you're like, oh, shit, is this going to be some... Is this going to be some plot twist shit? Is this going to be something else? Like, what is going on with that? So... So okay, I had a different experience. Uh, okay. and, and, and confession time, yeah, I knew I knew about the suicide. I was pulling your guys' leg. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I misused your trust. It's okay. Um, so I went I went through the first time, and I was like seducing. Well, not seducing. That sounds terrible. But I was. That's like, exactly what you were doing, though. This is a dating sim. It's terrible because it is terrible. So I was wooing the lady. You're wooing wooing the lady. I was focusing my efforts on Sayori because I was like, oh, yeah, this makes perfect sense. I would like to see this in an anime (laughs) story wise. And it just made sense. And then so uh, towards the end, she starts getting distant. So I was like, okay, maybe she needs some space. And so I instead, the first time around, invited Yuri to help with uh, decorations or whatever. And then I was like, oh, yeah, she starts to like be like i just really like knives and i'm like okay great <laughs> and then so you, yep go ahead and, and then i get confronted outside and she's like i just saw yuri leaving your um house you guys had a good time blah 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 and she confesses the feelings i return them because i'm like yay great and it just didn't feel right and then she doesn't show up the next day and then you go and then the whole thing happens and then it rewinds the second time through without sayori I was like, well, fine. I'll just go uh, full on Yuri the entire way. And I didn't get the whole, I I didn't get the whole, uh, she runs around the corner screaming thing. I got the point. I got to the point where uh, she corners me in the classroom and she's like, I love you. Do you love me? And so then I do, I say yes. And she slits her throat. And then you sit there over the weekend watching as her corpse decomposes. Yeah. And the blood puddle gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And the time uh, actually goes from day to evening to dusk and night times uh, yeah yes so there's a bunch of things about that, that are absolutely fascinating uh the first one is that that is literally predetermined every single time you go through it no matter what yep. that is literally how it gets to act three uh the second is if you actually take the text and copy and paste it out of the wingdings that shows up you could actually translate it and it's the very beginning intro script on the website for doki doki literature panic so I, for some reason, the text website or the text on the website shows up. That's interesting. And for those that don't know it, I'm just going to read it. And it is, it's weird, but it literally goes, welcome to the literature club. It's always been a dream of mine to make something special out of the things I love. Now that you're a club member, you can help me make that dream come true in this cute game. Every day is full of chit chat and fun activities with all my adorable, unique club members. Blah, 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 blah. That's interesting. Yep. I will say this about my second run through. Uh, 
First of all, I thought it was hilarious when the game gave Yuri Steve Buscemi eyes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, yeah, there, there yeah. is nothing that is, that, is, that is not made better with Steve Buscemi eyes. <laughs> and then, uh, more intense. Let's put it that way. After after sitting there with Yuri's chorus over the weekend, uh, the next thing that happens is Natsuki comes in and just pukes, and I'm like, great, <laughs> fantastic. Yep. Yeah, I was yep. not expecting like the actual visual of her puking. I figured like it would show her turn around or something, but not actually like projectile, you know. It was great. Yeah. No, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh no, I, yeah, that that yeah, followed the whole Yuri yeah, committing like cutting herself and stuff. That happened like three or four times. Then yeah, she splits her throat and lays on the floor, and then after that, I know it goes from well, yeah, Natsuki running in and then is it Monica? The lit? Yep, Monica yeah. shows up soon yeah, afterwards. Yeah, and she's just like, why didn't you pick me? Why didn't you pick me? And all this other stuff. So she just deletes. Oh, you're missing You're missing a what? lot. No, it goes back, me. doesn't it? Does the it first go- thing she does is go, oh, shit, I'm sorry. You weren't supposed to be stuck here. That's really weird how that worked. I'm still getting used to this thing. Here, don't worry. I'll fix that for you. Oh, wait, before I do, grabs one of Natsuki's cupcakes that she brings in, goes, might as well have this here because it's going to be the last time I have it. And then you see the command prompt come up and she's deleting characters left and right and then deletes the entire scenario where the game essentially or she goes and shuts it down. You open it back up and oh, yeah, you're talking the, about the Monica all of one. this is the big reveal that she can actually go into the game yeah. and change stuff, yeah. which if you looked into your files, you could see stuff changing. Mm-hmm. Stuff being created and added. And there's a bunch of ARG stuff in there that doesn't really uh have much connection that i've understood so far yeah one uh, of the things i find really interesting too is like her uniform is also like different from the rest of the girls like um like she has like the black stockings and stuff and like there's differences in like the uniform itself and the title screen hides her legs so it's not like immediately obvious that she's the odd one out it's (laughs) ah it's just so clever that is clever. Yeah, I yeah, because I think it's after Yuri commits suicide. I know there was a version that was Monica. It just said Monica, Monica, and all the text was Monica, Monica, Monica. Oh yeah, Monica. during one of the uh, confrontations that happens between Yuri and Natsuki, mind you, for us talking about this, let's introduce the characters real quick. You have Monica, the head of the group. You have Sayori. Your BFF, who's horribly depressed and kills herself. You have Natsuki, the tiny, not uh, stereotypical uh, trope for... Cupcake Lolly. No, besides that. <laughs> uh, um, that thing where it's like, it's not like I like you or anything. Sundere? Oh, Sundere, yes, thank you. Uh, you have Natsuki, who's the typical Sundere. And then you have Yuri, who turns out to be the kind of mysterious dark hyper yandere because holy fuck that's right that's what i like so (laughs) so at this point between yuri and natsuki there's an argument that comes up and then out of nowhere while everything's going hectic and your senses are all focused on what's going on because there's all sorts of weird dissonance in the music and the audio and everything's speeding up and there's text going everywhere it just stops and in the middle of that monica just pops up being like oh sorry about that blah 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 
instead of choosing hmm, a side with them, just remember to choose Monica or something along the lines of that. And then, and then an ever pops up and it goes just Monica. Yeah. And everything just becomes just Monica. And then it goes completely back to normal as if nothing happened. And to kind of add into that, like that uh, sort of fight scene happens in uh, act one, I think, but yes. Yes. Uh, Sayori actually will come in and like kind of show a little bit of an attitude which kind of catches both uh, Natsuki and Yuri off guard and breaks the fight. Without her being there, it just goes haywire. Yep. Mm, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I guess the easy way to say it is Act 1 shows what happens, Act 2 shows the entire shithouse going up in flames. Yeah. And the, third... and the results of that. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I don't remember, is it the third or fourth act? Well, the third act is when everything gets deleted, right? Or no, it's the just Monica, and you play yep, through. That's that's no, that's the third act. Third act is where everything gets deleted, and you're stuck there with Monica. Yeah, and you're talking to her in front of the chair. Yeah, and you're in the room, and you see the galaxy and everything, and she's just sitting in front of you in the desk, and you're talking to her. Yep. Yeah. Also, what I like to call waifu vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that yeah. When it started, the whole yuri commits suicide and it goes through and i was just like what in the hell is going on and then it goes restarts and it, over and it's just you in the chair in the monica in monica and she's talking about deleting characters and deleting characters and uh, i love you i'm the one you're supposed to be with me all this other stuff we can be together forever in here and you're stuck and then to continue on the story since we're doing all spoilers you basically you have to go into the files of your game of the game under characters and you have to delete her character Otherwise, it's literally just sitting there with what feels like hundreds of lines of conversation. Oh, however, if you're streaming it while that happens, something in the game detects that and gives you an alternate line where it's like, I'm not the only one there. Why didn't you tell me you were recording this? Oh, what? I didn't know that. I don't don't remember if I got that because I was actually streaming during that section. You should uh, go and check back. Because, because uh, yeah, that was the first time I uh, watched it that happened, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, fortunately, um, I don't have that one, because I, uh, when I was starting it up, I inadvertently put my stream key it's cool. in it's cool. visible in the stream. Oh, no. But, yeah, no, it's cool. Just look it up on YouTube sometime. But um, then she's like, well, I guess I could show everyone a trick, and then it zooms in on her face, and then goes back to normal, goes, just kidding, I don't have anything there. Anyways, blah, 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 and then immediate jump scare into some sort of weird, decrepit Monica face, and then she goes, ah, gotcha. And then they keep going on with normal dialogue conversations. So after you delete her file, though, it kind of like flips a switch in her head where she's like, I can't believe you would do this to me. And then it goes to like, you know what? You're right. I was being selfish and blah, blah, blah. I just wanted somebody to love me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it restarts the whole game. She restores all the characters, restores everyone. Except herself. No. Yep. Right? No, no. It's no, no she, she's not she, there anymore. She, yeah, she, she, delete, she, she deletes deleted, herself. No, you deleted her, and with the last of everything she has, she resets everything else but her. Well, let me let me clarify. Uh, when you restart without her, if you try to put her back in, she'll say, no, my heart hurts too much or something. Ah, uh, okay. And then re-delete her file. Detail. Yeah, I thought there was something where you did that, and then Sayori took over. Like, she's like, I love you. That is correct. That is yeah, what happened. the next after. part. And then Monica in the disembodied existence is like, oh God, no, what am I doing? I don't want this to happen. No, not like this, essentially. 
and basically starts slowly deleting everything. Yeah, it deletes the whole game, right? Uh, sort of, yeah. But it also goes to credits. Yeah. And, and then she, you, credits, actually, you actually you hear her voice. Deleting things. If you missed specific cutscenes. Then she sings a song for you and plays piano. That's right. Yep. Now, playing piano is something that we never really mentioned. A lot of the times that Monica was actually not there, she would mention she was off playing piano. Um, one thing you'll also notice is that's slowly when everything starts to go haywire with each and every character. Something else is going terribly wrong. Something else is happening. There's some sort of moment where everything's a problem. And when she comes back or she's missing from another scene, she walks in. She's like, oh, sorry, I'm back. I, or sorry, I'm late. I was having piano class or practice or whatever. Now, one thing that didn't pick up every time I watched it and I had to actually read about this is that you'll notice that during all of those scenes where something's going horribly wrong or where they're starting to have problems and it becomes more apparent, there's always piano playing. Hmm. Monica has a piano playing whenever she speaks. That's interesting. Glenn, how many times did you play this, man? Three. Like front to back? Like you've played it three times to completion? Yeah. I played Full it. clear. Like <laughs> literally the second and third time. When I realized what I had to do and then watched it a bunch because I was just like, this is a fascinating game. And I'll get into explanations of that. Why? Yeah. No, uh, in a moment. The, just the, the, I mean, it's fascinating because I, I know there's one part when I noticed that it reset once and there was um, Yuri's photo of her dead body in the background on the bulletin board. And yeah, Natsuki's great pick. little thing that gets hidden. Yeah, yeah. I was just what? looking and I was just like, what's up? What? Oh, what the fuck? What is that on the board? <laughs> this game is amazing for the amount of detail that you could miss if you're not paying attention. Yeah. And was very much given the opportunity to be very streamer for us, uh, streamer friendly, because it gave everyone who wasn't immediately playing chances to look around and converse with each other. There was a lot about this game at that time where as soon as something else happened, it sucked them all back in. Yeah. No, it's the game's fantastic. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's good. It's and, very, uh, it's very clever. How many people clever worked game. on this game? Uh, four? Yeah. Jesus. That's Three. It? Three. Sorry. Holy hell. There's more, less staff than there are characters. Two of the staffers were art. I actually really like it because, um, like, buried deep in the system files is a lot of, like, um unfinished art assets like just like hand-drawn stuff it's like it's just really cool to look through oh yeah and then there's it adds more throughout the, the game oh yeah and there's other things in there that pop up like quote-unquote secret messages and sometimes they're actually secret messages other times it might be a picture of sayori hanging herself saying happy thoughts over and over yeah yep now so I've heard there's a way to, after you play all that, there's a way to get a better ending than the one we just talked about. Uh, yes. In fact, you could actually do that the first time around if you know what you're doing. Uh, what you need to do is complete everyone's storyline up until... Well, the first thing you do is you save early on. Then, before you go into anyone's specific story arc, you... Yeah, sorry. At that point, you save it, and then you go through it, and then you get up to the point where you talk to Sayori, and you give your reaction of whether you're like, yes, I love you, no, you're my BFF, let's get you help. And then you essentially go back and check out everyone else's. So you stop just before she commits suicide, and then you restart the game yourself. 
Yep, because at that point you can do that. You can't by the moment that you see the suicide happen. That makes sense. It changes everything. Yep. And then because you're always automatically forced to go with Yuri for the second time around, you just, you get only one necessary amount of scenes in Act 2, and then Act 3 is also always the same. Uh, The only difference is the end is mostly the same with a little bit of a dialogue change that makes it a little lighter hearted. So this game kind of reminds me of Pleasantville. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. So You'll find uh, out very quickly, I haven't seen most movies. So Pleasantville starring uh, Tobey Maguire is uh, it's these kids who get sucked into this like like Mayberry kind of town from a TV show that they're watching. And it, it kind of plays a lot with predetermined destiny and and all these things where it's like, well, the milkman always comes at six. Where is he? It's because the kids have changed something within the show that now the milkman is having a life of his own rather than just living solely to deliver milk. It's so it's kind of like changing people's destinies and okay, break, so breaking boundaries back by. It's kind of like the concept of the butterfly effect, but on a more social level. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, to paraphrase Dr. Who, it's like he, taking fixed points in time, except you're you're trying to change them. And no matter what you do, ultimately, those fixed points still come around. Act 3 is always going to be the same, you know? Makes sense. But yeah, that is essentially how you get it, because you have to see everyone's storyline, and then you go through the rest of the game, and you get a slightly slightly different ending that's still pretty much the very same but the point of it is so much of that game you can get hints and you know what's going on to a degree but then you actually see the depth of how deep it gets and then you have people talking and all the little bits of attention to detail come to light and that game in itself is impressive for the undertaking of three people. Like the thing is that it it seems to be um, a lot of the same kind of discussion that was going on, like with Undertale. Um, like, obviously, it's very different genres and very different like thematic approaches. But like a lot of the hidden stuff, a lot about how it messes with your. Uh, with the way your game saves and things like that, a lot of the alternate paths and the completion aspects and a lot of the interpersonal character relationship stuff, it, while being very, very different, I think that it strikes the same chord that Undertale struck. To an extent, although with a far... Undertale had much more of a narrative, if you will. This mm-hmm. was basically more LOL psychological horror um, I, the, well, after I completed it and stuff, the first game that popped in my head that reminded me it was, uh, Pony Island. Oh, I still need to play Pony Island. Oh my God. It's so good. It's probably one of my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time. It is so, when so I, good. When I saw the trailer on Steam, I immediately went, this is fucking bizarre. I am going to get this. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Mullins is incredible. Like he's awesome. Like his, that his new game is really weird too but what a shock yeah that that game that game um oxen free is uh that's why i kind of want to play it have other people play it it's because but pony island the way it manipulates your computer how it gets all weird and code and all this other stuff and how it's a different game like on the surface you're just a pony hopping through 
hoops and stuff, but really that's not even the game. <laughs> it's it's not. Um, so it, it messes with the code. There's random code stuff in it. There, it messes with your Steam. Like you'll get random messages and everything. I mean, there's great. The like, Pony Island's fucking awesome. It, it's incredible. It's it's so good. I think I think there's something about like a, a this idea in modern indie games of let's play with not just genre because playing with genre was a was a big thing a few years back um, and it's still being done today. But let's play with the nature of the medium itself. Um, what what are we doing that is unique about video games and unique about the platforms that we're playing them on that we can then manipulate and mess with in order to enhance what we're doing? It's it's kind of meta, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not a just only level of meta design. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the cool thing is that it's not just meta. It's it's kind of like. I don't. I don't really know how to describe it. Evolution. Hmm. I don't know. I, I. I'm trying to figure out what word you're you're getting to, but I. I just don't. Honestly, eh, just, if I think of it, I'll trend. Think of it. It's the next trend, much like how ARGs were the next beginning trend of marketing back in like mid to late 2000s slash early 2010. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's kind of interesting that you say ARGs because. Anymore, the games that sort of mess with um, with medium as mechanic, and that's I think that's the best way to describe it. It's medium as mechanic. Um, that that's those sort of meta games that are becoming popular almost always include ARG elements, and if they don't include direct ARG elements, they they seem to want the fan base to pick them apart as if the game is in itself an ARG. It's like it's like that that sort of concept, the ARG concept that struck a chord um, became became diluted, but because it became diluted, it became more like absorbed by the rest of the game itself. It's not just, oh, this is I Heart Bees, which is part of Halo. No, it's it's like the game is the ARG, but it's specifically about uncovering more about the game itself. You know, it's like cyclical. I think it's actually uh, kind of a return to form. And and my, my explanation is this. I have an example. Metal Gear Solid. Okay. So uh, I know yes. First Metal Gear Solid game where you have to find out uh, was it Merrill's codec number? The code by, on, by the looking codec at yeah. Yeah, by looking at the back of the case, that's very arty. Yep. Not only that, but the things like switching the controller. Um, yes, it, it it and the reading from your memory card too. Oh my god! Yeah, it's stuff like that that stretches the the boundaries of what a game can be. It's not just writing down codes or or whatever. It's actually doing some research. Yeah, it breaks that fourth wall or the fifth wall or whatever. It breaks that. And Enga- it, that the the engagement, like you're it, it purpose, like you know, you play some games where your your um the engagement is broken in a bad way, like it breaks the engagement to give a more interesting spin on what is happening. Yeah, and I wanna I wanna take this a step further because like now that you say that, Steve, that has blown my mind. I think I think I've realized why, and you probably like the audience and all of you guys have probably already figured this out. But it's because 
the indie developers of today literally grew up mostly with like PS one as their as one of their first things. Like um, I've had I've had many conversations with Steve, and it's just like I was a Super Nintendo guy, which was one generation before. But like a lot of like really really big indie games that are coming out now are from slightly younger developers who grew up in that that you know th- first generation 3D games i can i completely can see how something like like metal gear solid and the way it uses not just the game itself but also the nature of the medium as as the mechanic could be super inspiring to like so many people. That makes so much sense. Yeah, was Kojima a, was a fucking bad man, but he was really good at what he did. Spe- speaking of Konami, there what, was what, a, speaking a of Konami, game. fuck Konami in their Metal Gear Survive bullshit. Oh God, Metal Gear Survive. No, that is that is clearly a marketing plot. Yeah. They are trying to kill off the series so Kojima has less to be able to brag about. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to say, you know, it speaking sucks. of Konami, just fuck Konami, you know. But no. Oh yeah, no. I'm like the moment they got rid of Kojima, I was like, you know what? I didn't even invest that much in Konami, but now I'm fucking done. Yeah, well, they why got you, they, they also got rid this? of the dude, um, the creator of Castlevania. You know, yeah, they got rid of him. He's doing Bloodstain. That's his new game. Yes, I hope that goes infinitely better than Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. See, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, um, a little aside on Konami. Um, if if Konami and Capcom and Rare are just not doing anything, uh, oh, and Sega, let's put Sega in there too. Why don't we just uh, get Bad Nintendo Rogers. just to buy them, like, please? You know, like. I think they do more with the with the nostalgic franchises. Actually, yeah, you would have more luck with either Nintendo or Sony buying those because Japanese developers like to stay in Japan and like to stay exactly and like to sell to like Japanese, you know, companies. I'm on the side of I wouldn't want to see that. Look at Square Enix. But now. Some of you may be going, but they've been doing some good things. They've had Final Fantasy XV. They've had this. They've had that. But think about it. Most of the games after the merger were very lackluster because they didn't really have to try because their main competition was fucking nowhere. They basically came together. Then they continued their bad practices of making games that were kind of lackluster or just obvious cash cows that weren't that really grabbing. And the next thing you know... They're just hemorrhaging money. A friend of mine actually once said, the moment they come back with this Final Fantasy VII remake, you know that they've been in some hard financial times. And lo and behold, about four months beforehand, there was some mentioning of Squeenix having financial problems in Japan because of poor sales. Yeah, I will, I will say this as an alternative to that, and it's, it's th- a threefold response. One, Square Enix has said since the mid-90s that they are not particularly interested in making video games. They would rather be making movies. So Square Enix is a little weird on that in the first place. Um, and this was this was shortly after the merger. Thing number two, um, as, I'm not talking saw, about... Hmm? I was going to say, as we saw, there are two examples of that did phenomenally well. Yeah. Spears Within, um, meh. The Final Fantasy one... Advent Children, it looks dope, but it was meh. 
But it sold well. The, like I don't think they're particularly good. But keep oh, in mind that um, that Spirits Within directly inspired Mass Effect. So I can't be Shit, too mad at Ooh. it. I, I actually was not aware again. of that. Yeah, um, the the art directing uh, the art director teams for Mass Effect said that it was their number one inspiration, which is weird because I'm like, man, I'm surprised anyone got anything from a garbage movie like that. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's, thing that's number two, fascinating. yeah, it's really weird. And then when you look at it, you're like, oh my God, it makes sense. But yeah. thing number two is that I'm not talking about a merger, not even a little bit. I am talking about a purchase. A full on buyout. Yeah. One of the things you'll notice that when Nintendo buys a company, what they do is they boil it down to what that company does best. And I think like if you look at Smash Brothers for the Wii U and 3DS, it shows, and I, I'll throw Namco onto my pile as well, that they have far more respect for um, for Konami's, Capcom's, um, and uh, Namco's properties than Konami, Capcom, and Namco do, and Sega as well. Um, they Nintendo is the one company in the industry right now that knows how to do smart nostalgia. They don't bank on nostalgia. What they do is they they create games where half of the time they're creating something that strictly panders to nostalgia, and the other half of the time they're using pre-existing IPs to innovate. And if if Capcom's not going to do anything with Mega Man, and Konami's not going to do anything with Castlevania, and Namco's not going to do anything with Pac-Man, Someone who understands how to treat retro characters right might as well do that. Here's what Square Enix is doing right, though. As a developer, not so much. As a as a publisher, absolutely. Deus Ex. Oh yeah, absolutely. Life oh yeah, no. Their publishing side has been phenomenal and probably one of their only saving graces. I will say this though: their most popular game right now is Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, the online. 15? Not yeah, that's the that's the online one. Yeah. That's not eleven. Because I don't know what it. I don't know what the iteration is. I know they just they did a a new they did an update. They did some like they did a new expansion like uh, a few like sometime around November September of last year. Uh, from yeah. what I've heard from people that played is that it sucked when it came out, and then they came out with the expansion, and then it got way better. Well, it sucked so bad that they disappeared. It pulled it, and then that's why they came out with Realm Reborn because literally yeah. it's the they remade the whole game. Yeah, basically. It's good. good. I mean, I've played it. I've played it. It's cool. I mean, but it's just, I'm not a big um, MMO person. I'm not. So it didn't really, like, stick its hooks in me. Right. It wasn't, definitely wasn't my new WoW, so. Never played WoW. (laughs) I think that uh, Nintendo buying... Especially rare. I think them buying rare would pull it back Xbox up. Xbox owns rare. Xbox owns rare. Huh? Xbox owns Microsoft. rare. Microsoft. Microsoft owns rare. Yeah. They've already been bought. Really? Yep. I thought they were. I knew that they had done stuff for Microsoft. Uh, okay. okay. Like putting well, stuff on uh, live, but I didn't know they oh were no. actually owned oh by no. them. The the reason they're on live is they've been bought out by them. That's also how we got Banjo Kazooie, or Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts. Here's the thing. Uh, there have been rumors that um, Microsoft would be willing to sell Rare. That's one of the reasons I add it to my list is because they're, 
Rare is not profitable for Microsoft. I um, why. Rare, for the longest time, was specifically exclusively doing Kinect games. Yeah. Um, Rare's latest the thing game is, is Sea of Thieves. That's Rare's newest game. Yeah. Oh, Sea of Thieves. That's a wonderful... That's a wonderful uh, uh, metaphor for Microsoft. (laughs) Oh. oh. Sorry, Microsoft. I do actually enjoy you. It's just it was really easy to take a cheap jab. And remember, we are Microsoft licensed developers. Please, Microsoft, don't take that away from us. (laughs) Oh, no. Everything I say is a grain of salt. Where I was going was... um, like uh like was mentioned you know nintendo takes like they treat ips really really well they don't just typically throw something out there you know just to do it and if they took on sega sega has a lot of backlog for interesting stuff like um this came up in the last episode but game hut you know he worked on mickey that was on sega you know there was a version on sega could you imagine if we started seeing like Mickey Mania and some of those old Disney games that used to be on Sega on Switch and stuff like that instead? You have the Disney oh, Afternoon the, Collection. The thing, the Disney, what? The Disney Afternoon Collection. I think it came to uh, mm-hmm. PS4, Steam, and Xbox. I mean, I, I don't. It's not to Switch, but I don't see anything that's stopping them from porting it to the Switch. Yeah, and, and all See, y'all's one fucking the, fanboys are. Sh- you need to tuck that shit in because your fanboy is showing real bad. Like it's real bad, dog. Real bad. Just, <laughs> just, just tuck that shit back in. And <laughs> the the thing though, I I will say, um, and then we should probably get back to Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, is that like if you had both Sega and Capcom purchased by Nintendo? I'm pretty sure they could strike a deal with Disney to get new games out because the best Disney games were between Sega and Capcom in the first place. So the Aladdin Lion King, yeah. mm, probably. Yeah, yeah, that was ages ago. Yeah. But you're you're right. I'm surprised they are not going to su- release a collection of those games. It would it would it would wouldn't surprise me if they did in the next couple of years. To be yeah. absolutely honest, I'd probably say it, their allegiance would lie more closer to wherever Square's would. And as we know, Square doesn't really go back to Nintendo since the days of uh, the Super Nintendo. No, since the well, days what of about, the, um, the PlayStation. What about Bravely Nintendo? Default? Uh, that is true. Bravely Default and some of the Mana games did come out for stuff like the DS. And, and Cloud, uh, well, the, the DS and 3DS are chock full of um, of Square Enix games, but also you had Cloud and Smash Brothers. Yeah. Oh, that's but right. how many of those were developed by uh, Square Enix and how many were just published by them? Most, I'd say most, about half. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's true, half. Well, you also have Square Enix's newest Switch game coming out. That's, um, uh, what is it, uh, Project Octopath Traveler? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Hmm. That demo is awesome. If you haven't played, if you own a Switch, you just download that demo and play it. It's like eight hours worth of content. It's awesome. It's a demo. Man, it, it's you dope. think I'd be more connected with what's going on in gaming? <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem when you when you start making games. Like it's just like, oh no, no time for other game things. So welcome, welcome to developing soundtracks that are going to be in them. You will never get to play another game in your life. Uh, 
I'm, Yay, I'm similar favorite. to that with uh, the streaming thing. I started streaming Destiny, and I stream with my and I play with my clan mates and stuff. So, anytime like I'm on, they're just like, "Hey, you want to do something?" And I'm like, "There's other games that I could play and I could stream. Like, I really want to play Nino Kuni two and stream it. And I have just barely. I've scratched the surface of it. But Friday, that's all I did was play Destiny. I planned on playing Nino Kuni. Didn't just play Destiny two. That's it. Grant, me and you, let's play Minesweeper together one stream one no, time, man. Fuck Minesweeper. <laughs> Minesweeper? Yo, you do that, I'll do Solitaire. Yeah, no. You all, you all do uh, y'all. all of that, and I'm just, I'll just play Mario Kart 8 on the Switch. No, no, no. We gotta do it so we can actually cure, that's right, cure insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> we will put people to sleep like no medication on the planet. Bob Ross already does that. That's true. Okay, so um, is there anything else we would like to, to say about Doki Doki Literature Club before we, we wrap up the cast? Oh, welcome. Sweet Jesus, is that me or is that everyone else too? too? That was No, it's actually pretty fitting considering how fucked up the game gets later <laughs> on. Right? Like, oh my god. That whew. Yeah. Even like, Steve even no longer exists, going. but he's his data ghost is still there. <laughs> oh god. Disconnect and reconnect, restart Discord, hire an exorcist, something. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. What in the world? I would love to Steve, keep that you in. Alive? Nope, nope. Oh, fuck. oh yeah, there goes his data. He's gone. Bye, Steve. <laughs> <sighs> the game itself is a fantastic little three-person project that really does show how much attention to detail as well as multiple levels of metagaming have actually not only affected our culture as developing, but as gamers. And it's really fantastic yes. to see that there's a lot of stuff in the indie scene still pushing boundaries that no one really has gone and done since early eras of the PlayStation. Yes, a fun little three-person project, like our four-person podcast that never had another member at all. <laughs> Until, Until I suddenly we have five people tonight. Everything. No, what? Who's Steve? Steve who? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That does not sound familiar. <laughs> no, um, I love the game. I think everyone really needs to do needs to check it out. And uh, if you like that game, you should probably, like what Steve mentioned, you should... Uh, play Metal Gear Solid 1 for those meta moments. Also, one, it's a great game. Also, it's, um, you know, one of the godfather grandfathers of uh, modern gaming. There's a I lot prefer the GameCube version, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, uh, th that game is very expensive, though, to find it, so... Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, I also I would recommend Pony Island. If you haven't played that game, it does some weird, crazy meta stuff. Um, and also, Oxenfree is really cool. The first playthrough is awesome. And um, shout out to Night School Games because I tweeted at them, and they were just like, "Oh, you've just you just beat it, play it again, and it gets even stranger." And it does. So after you beat it once, it gets very, very strange. Hell yeah, I love when that happens. 
So. My recommendation, um, if you if you enjoy Doki Doki Literature Club, is actually not for a game, uh, but instead go watch Madoka Magica. Uh, won't oh, tell you why. Yes. Just do it. Yes, I haven't. I, I haven't. I'm afraid now. So it's basically. No, don't. Don't, no, I'm not. Nope, I'm not nope, telling nope. them anything. I know Monica Magica is um, a magical girl show, but oh no, 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 no! You have to understand. Gainax was told to do a Saturday morning magical girl anime, and they looked and said, "Are you sure about that?" And they said, "Yeah." <laughs> I'll have to check it out then. If it's, it's that's all I'm telling you. Weird and odd and strange. Uh, it's my third favorite anime. Nice. It's pretty good. I'll have to check it out. Um, I like Little Witch Academia because, uh, you know. Yes. <laughs> I've heard a Agreed. lot about that. I still haven't seen it. Oh, and the regular See If Steve is still alive check. <laughs> the See If Steve. Well, <laughs> say something, Steve. And now we actually have silence instead. What? what? His, his little ring did, activity ring did come up. Just checking. Sometimes my mic, like, fucks up and just goes full. Uh... Exorcist. Like yeah. possession, yeah. It was thematically it appropriate. Yeah, it was. Yeah, good. it was. I mean, I would, I would love to not edit it out, but I'm gonna have to edit it out because it is so excruciatingly loud. No, I, you can reduce the level. Just turn it down. Turn it down. I mean, compressors are a thing. Yeah, I know. it's like it's full on ear rape, and I, I know. <laughs> I just don't. I've never heard. I've never been on the receiving end. <laughs> oh, it's it's it's. Oof, let me tell you, it was um very uh unpleasant. To say the least. So I don't have headphones in right now. What are your What are your guys' final words? I actually want to bring something up. Uh, quick question to start it. Uh, where are the developers located at? Dan Salvato is somewhere. Because I thought they they were in the U.S. and that brings in for me as some uh, argument that I've been seeing come up about various things uh, like Doki Doki Literature Club and like Avatar uh, series. Both of them is like. Are they actually anime based on like geographic boundaries? Like the Avatar series was made in California. Doki Doki, I think, was again the developers are somewhere here in the U.S. It's yeah, anime style, it's quite obviously, but is it still anime if it's not physically produced in Japan? That is that yes, is a it's an art philosophical style. like question that could we could ramble on for like six more hours about, which we're not going to. No. <laughs> Fair enough. That's so, just something that I've seen come up. I wanted to get you, get y'all thoughts on it. Yeah. Do yeah. You, um, do you have Cajun? Do you have any kind of a if fans of this game of Doki Doki Literature Club is? Do you have any recommendation for games? Um. Honestly, not offhand. Um, this genre of game, the uh, story, like visual novel, it's not a. Uh, genre i usually play in i mean not and i don't don't like it just not usually coming across my radar um i guess and the only one that i the only game that i can really think of that um gets me as excited about like the way the mechanics work uh with doki doki doing the file changing that i can think of is actually um are completely unrelated, but um, Daniel Linson did uh, a, a game for a game jam uh, a couple of years ago where he actually ma- messed with modifying the windows of the game. But um, yeah, that, that's 
that's the only thing I can really think of for me, honestly. Cool, cool. Wow. All right. Uh, Steve? What? Do you have any recommendations or final thoughts? Uh, recommendation for another game? Yeah. Could it be one that I played? No, just just for people who, who enjoy no. Doki Doki Literature yeah. Club. Uh, yeah, actually, for people that enjoy, like, kind of the mindfuck genre, there's a game that came out in 1996 called Harvester. Oh. And that's kind of like, you're in a... That I, is... I, you're, you, I, it's, it's, it's a, there's a lot of mindfuck, but it's also that's really some, gory. That's some extra level. I did not expect anyone to make a reference to that. Uh, oh, what about hilarious. Phantasmagoria, a puzzle of flesh? It's oh, kind of oh, in that no. vein. It's it's in that vein. It's definitely in that vein. I just like it because the main character's name is Steve. <laughs> 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 Fuck, I never made that connection until now. Yeah, I am that guy. No, I'm not. That Sometimes the simplest connections are the best. But actually, like with, with Steve saying Harvester, I would, I would also recommend uh, Phantasmagoria, a puzzle of flesh. Good to know. Good to know. I don't know any yeah, of those games. It, it's actually something we should probably do for this show at some point. Are they like? Are they puzzle game? I'm not puzzle games. Are they? They're PC games. I'm guessing in mid '90s. They're like yeah. point and click adventure. Uh, yeah. Okay. They're uh, both both Phantasmagoria and Harvester are, are in very similar vein to each other. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, uh, uh, this see. is... Nope, nope. Ooh. I was actually going to say, if we're talking about people that enjoyed DDLC, you should probably actually look into various options. If you like the visual novel and you're looking for more of a mystery or a mindfuck, uh, the Ace Attorney series, uh, the Danganronpa series, both of those uh, based essentially around concepts of trials, mystery, whodunit, etc., with plenty of plot twists, blood and gore, and uh, yeah, you yeah. should definitely check both of those out. I, I have a uh, um, I have a, a honorable mention or shout out to um, if you like sexy anime ladies, you should check out uh, Sin Karagura. Them games, yeah, it's got sexy <laughs> anime ladies in it. Another mention would be a strange kind of Japanese game that I think is about to get a sequel in April. Uh, Yume Nikki. It's, uh, it's it's like a, a exploring. It's like it's okay. It's like LSD, Dream Simulator. Okay. Yeah. All right. But but in like Game I, Boy form. I was actually about to suggest LSD Dream, Dream Simulator. <laughs> All right. I've never heard of any of these. Uh, Petscop. Oh yeah, Petscop. And Corpse Party. <laughs> oh, Corpse Party. Yep. That sure is. <laughs> <laughs> these are all like I guess deep deep cuts, and I have no idea. So it's a no. These are all plot. these are all legitimate legitimate answers to this question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, no, they all are. No, I'm I'm just saying that I don't I don't know any of these, and and I'm just yeah. Corpse I, Party was originally a, a piece. Oops, sorry. Oh, I was just saying some of them are a little more obscure. Yeah, um, Corpse Party was originally an RPG Maker game, but it ended up actually getting a PSP release, um, of all things, um, and it became huge. And it's um, it's a horror visual novel slash kind of mystery thing. Um, Petscop is just, 
I, I believe Pets Cup is technically an indie game, um, but it's it's a it's a PlayStation One mindfuck game. It's it's weird because the entire thing is wrapped around a meta narrative about like a real life killing, and it's like a real real life killing. Um, LSD Dream Simulator was a uh, was a PS One game where like you go through a dream. And it's all like actually trippy, and there's like a, there's an, a mystery with some minor horror elements. Um, it's all yeah, like. And uh, you, you may Nikki is is kind of in the same vein, except uh, LSD Dream Simulator was a PS One game. It's very hard to get a hold of these days. And uh, you may Nikki is free on Steam, and it's the same same story. You travel dreamlands and collect these different abilities, and it's just weird mindfuck. Yeah. Uh, we should definitely put some of these recommendations in the description of this. This is just some inside baseball stuff. And just a reminder. Yeah, we yeah, will we put all of these. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. The, the connection with Yume Nikki, though, is that it does... It, you do play as a little girl, a Japanese girl, and it does deal with a lot of depression and uh, other themes such as uh, sexual assault and suicide and different things like that oh okay oh okay anyone that wants um like a lot more information but doesn't want to go like wiki diving necessarily um one of the another podcast i listened to called let me tell you about um i think they did a full episode about it and it is really trippy on the scale of doki doki literature club like it is, it gets deep, and there's still stuff running about it to to this day. And uh, we will be putting all of these links into the description, um, at at very minimum to the Wikipedia page, um, just so people can can at least you know learn something about these alternate uh, game recommendations. Cool. So, uh, so are we running this to a close? I'm fine with it. I have nothing else to really elaborate or talk about. Okay, sounds fine to me. So, this has been the Two Devs and a Dude podcast. Um, our next episode will be up uh, next week, and that is another uh, news episode um, where me, Grant, and Cajun will be reading uh, and discussing our favorite bits of gaming news. Uh, well, I say favorite rather loosely. And then the one, the episode after that is going to be another game club episode. Um, so if you enjoyed this, uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Wraith Games, on YouTube at Wraith Games, uh, Facebook, and uh, our is also Wraith Games, and then of course our website www.wraithgames.com. We'll have a Patreon up at uh, some point soon. Uh, so uh, we'll start with uh, Grant and uh, tell us uh, where they can find you. They can find me on. Of course, Twitter at uh, Brigadoon564. That's B-R-I-G-A-D-O-O-N 564. On Twitter, it's also on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Brigadoon564. It's sort of been streaming. Uh, the old episodes of GoGo, um, as of right now, it's somewhat in flux and hiatus because I'm trying to figure out something to do with it because I want to do something with it. I just don't know right now. So I just stream because I've been abandoned by my co-hosts. So it's just me. The founder, the creator, the the one who put all the money into it. It's just me on GoGo left. 
So it's on somewhat of hiatus. It's there, um, doing its doing its thing. Um, but yeah, I've I've been streaming. I stream Monday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, usually uh, nine p.m. to whenever Eastern Standard Time. If you all are from people, listeners are from anywhere else around the country. Uh, and that's like I said, Brigadoon five six four on uh, Twitch. Uh, other than that, there it's game over game on. There's YouTube. The YouTube is uh, the Go Go Show, and Twitter it's game over game on. Cajun, Cajun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cajun underscore coding. Uh, on Twitch at uh, Cajun Coder, one word. Um, I don't really have a solid streaming schedule. I'm just now getting back into that after a long time of not really doing Let's Plays or anything like that. And uh, owing to my self living in Southeast Texas, uh, we're still dealing with hurricane recovery. So once we get the house finished up, I'll have a much better grasp on that. Um, you can find old episodes from last year and the year before from uh, any the Indie Dev Podcast, which hopefully will be resurrected soon enough later this year, uh, at IndieGameLaunchpad.io. Yeah, uh, Um And yeah, I'll, one of these days I will be definitely streaming Minesweeper if anyone really wants something <laughs> slow and easy to watch. I'm, I'm I am starting. I'm starting the Desperate Gamer Society, where we're the most ex- exciting thing we're gonna be playing is Cadet Space Pinball from Windows XP. That that Yo, is my I goal. Would, we're gonna I find. Yeah, we're gonna. And actually, one of my friends uh did, by the way, stream Solitaire a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna take it up a notch, and I'm going to go to an old folks' home. I'm going to set up a <laughs> huge, huge streaming setup. And I'm just gonna watch them play shuffleboard. Hey, hey! <laughs> back in the Wii days when it came out, that was huge there. So they got some action. No. I'm okay. Gonna... So Glenn. <laughs> Hi, I'm Glenty. You can also find me literally everywhere on the internet under that name. You can find me there on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, Google Music, basically every major online music distributor red tube, i'll save you the list there uh, red tube not yet <laughs> uh let's see you can also uh find me on discord i guess if you really want to but in the meantime yeah thank you very much play collapses buy my music <laughs> steve i gotta follow up with glenn's buttery smooth voice seriously yeah yeah you do uh, perhaps so you can find me on Twitter at wireframerabbit.com. No, shit, not .com. <laughs> it was wire, at wireframerabbit. I don't know why I say wireframerabbit.com. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not streaming anything yet, but there are plans in the future to start doing art streams and game streams and all sorts of streams. So um, if, you, if you have comments, questions, suggestions for future episodes, uh, you can drop us a line at podcast at wraithgames.com. And so uh, hope to uh, see you all listening next week. Uh, this is the Two Devs and a Dude podcast signing off. See ya later. I just want to say this this the just the the just the energy at this signing off is sad. I feel like I'm at a funeral.
I feel like I'm at a funeral. Like it's one forty-five in the morning wah, for wah, me. Two, Three a.m. for you guys. I mean, I wanted to throw down an air horn at the end, at least. Oh, I got you one. <laughs> All right, there you go. Put it in post. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah, see you. Like right. for, the beauty of post. Bye. So wait. What? Huh? What? What? Did you sh- did you shut off the podcast? No, no. I'm gonna keep it, it going. I'm gonna keep it going. Keep it going, dog. Keep it going. Okay. All right. Give me uh, some silence. C- Cajun, stop! You can't be doing that because it makes phone buzzy noises, and I can't mute this. Sorry, chain. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, doing that turns on the phone braider. We don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to hear phone fucking. I mean. There, there's a niche. It's the internet. <laughs> yeah, there always is. There's something. I once saw robot porn, and all it was was just a vibrator inside of an electric flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm not entirely sure if this is explicit. You know, like I'm. Is this is this porn? I don't. There's I don't not, quite not- understand. It's not your proudest fab. 